Saturday night. Man, it's nothing off some Hey everybody, welcome back to the 2-0-Y-No podcast. For this episode, we are hopping over to the Eagle Foothills AVA outside of Eagle, Idaho, and I'm chatting with Travis Everhart. He is the general manager over at Three Horse Ranch Winery, and we learned from Travis the story of the Cunningham family, how they got to the Eagle Foothills and planting their vineyard and building their winery and their brand. Uh, It was so fun to learn more about them and the experience that Travis brings to the Three Horse Ranch team. We also learn about what they have coming up, lots of fun stuff going on, and I know I'm going to be keeping my eye on their events, and my mouth is watering thinking about getting back in their restaurant, and you'll want to check it out. Hey, everybody. This week on the show, I'm joined by Travis Everhart, the general manager over at Three Horse Ranch. Hi, Travis. Hello. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for inviting us. We appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to learn more about um, Three Horse Ranch and the whole story. Um, so let's start with a little bit about you. Um, what's kind of your background? Um, well, I was, I'm chef trained. I went to culinary school in San Francisco. Oh, cool. And uh, I worked fine dining uh, for a couple of years. And then um, I got into the corporate world. I worked for Bubba Gump Shrimp Company for about five years as their um, kitchen manager and then worked my way up to a corporate sous chef. And then I was the cool. chef of the Rusty Pelican for a few years. And then I jumped ship and went to, I've worked for the, I worked for the same company for 17 years down in Southern California called Islands Restaurants, or okay. burger concept. Uh, at the time we had 57 restaurants. I was a regional manager and a uh, food and beverage director for them. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, so my wife and I decided to move our boys up here about two and a half years ago. My family's lived here for 20 years. My sister's lived in Sun Valley for about uh, 40 um, uh-huh. so it was a natural progression yeah and so we've been trying to get up here for years so it was a great opportunity so uh, I'm thankful to be here yeah yeah definitely gosh uh, yeah you and everybody else <laughs> yeah coming over here <laughs> right um, so had you done much wine related stuff like in your in your journey through the food and beverage sort of industry um, you know uh, other than purchasing and procurement um, for the restaurants? Uh, no. I mean, in my hobby and spare time, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've yeah. been a wine collector for years. Oh, cool. Um, I, I was big into it prior to kids, and then it kind of has yeah. tapered off as, <laughs> as, the, as the years have gone by, uh-huh. but it has always been a passion of mine and interest to be in the wine industry, um, and it's kind of come full circle because I was really into it in my 20s, um, learning about wine, paired with food and that whole fine dining segment. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then, and then me getting into the corporate world, it kind of lost its luster. And it was more about margaritas and Mai Tais. Yeah. Um, so it's it's been coming full circle and working for Martha and Gary and the Cunninghams has been, it's it's kind of a dream come true because it's, it's something that I've always had a passion for, but at the same time has never been in my field of scope mm-hmm. because it is, I've, uh, it's just been that, past experiences that have led me to where I am today. Yeah, cool. Um, so how did you end up getting the job at Three Horse Ranch? 
Um, it was actually a referral of a friend of a friend. Um, you know, networking is everything. Oh, and, yeah, uh, totally. So, and Martha and I had a conversation back October, I think last year, and she needed just basically a consultant to help her put this together because they're not restaurant people. They're, they're, they're wine mm -hmm. makers. And so they wanted to expand the menu and look at how to help build it out. Yeah, and so you kind I of started, fit perfectly. Right. And so, um, and then after working for them for about a month or so, um, they offered me a full-time position to come help run operations and uh, run the tasting room. Perfect. Yeah. So are you, do you live um, out in the Eagle area then? I'm, uh, I'm in uh, Chinden. I'm in Meridian. So Chinden. And, okay. Yeah. And so it's not, not a far commute. <laughs> No, it's 20 minutes door to door. Yeah, and it's a great, it's a beautiful drive. Every it day. is. It really is <laughs> yeah. a beautiful drive out to their property. So when did the Cunninghams purchase the vineyard or can you kind of tell us their story? Sure. Um, so they've actually owned the property for over 30 years um, and it was a horse property. Okay. I'll kind of tie in, you know, the name and all that. So yeah, when perfect. they first brought, bought the property, they had a, a, their daughter, um, they each had a horse. And so the three horses and the three of them, okay. they called it Three Horse Ranch. Um, so they boarded horses and did training and, you know, that's how they kind of made their living uh, until they started planting grapes back in, in 2002. Um, oh, okay. Gary has done probably 95% of the work himself. Uh, he's self-educated, self-taught, and he's a, he's a brilliant man when it comes to um, the winemaking process. So, so their vines were just put in, in like the early two thousands. Correct. So they have 11 different bridles on property. Um, and so they've been expanding their, their, you know, they started with a couple acres and then the next year mm -hmm. they added a couple acres and yeah, so they started to time. grow and grow and grow. And I'd say in the last four or five years, they've probably had 77 planted acres. Oh, wow. Um, and with the expansion of the uh, ranch house and, and the winery, they planted a couple more acres around the facility where we mm -hmm. have a, a wedding venue that we're still building out. Oh, cool. Oh, um, that'll be beautiful. And then currently we're, we're uh, ripping the ground and laying space and starting to plant six more acres uh, here in March. Oh, cool. So our... Um is all of the vineyard on in the um, Eagle Foothills AVA? Correct. Yeah, the Eagle, Eagle's Foothill AVA was actually um, started by Martha. Um, oh, wow. So cool. He is uh, an extraordinaire. To, for someone to create their own AVA and do all the legwork <laughs> and the back work, and if, if anyone's gone through that process, it's painstaking. Um, but she knew that they had a gold mine when it came to that property and, and where mm -hmm. the, and how the hills are and the soil, all of the things that go into making great grapes. Right. It's got space. the right recipe. <laughs> Correct. So that recipe, she expanded and said, um, you know, expanded it to a point where it can encompass a larger area of, of the AVA, um, which goes all the way down into Eagle and then goes all the way up a couple more miles ab above us. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, and so they, did they move here from California? Yes, they actually lived in McCall for several years before they okay. bought the property in 
Okay. Um, but they, yes, they lived in, uh, Gary was from Sacramento. He's not there from originally, but was there for his job and Martha from the Napa area. Okay. Yeah. So she must've had some ties to wine. <laughs> she did a bit, but she was mainly in sales and travel. Mm -hmm. So it was just kind of, I think it was just a passion that they both had for, uh, making wine and, and eventually doing that. And, they made it come true. Yeah. So are all of Three Horse Ranch wines um, from their estate vineyard or do they get any fruit from, from other places? So back in 2014, um, yes, they did buy, purchase some grapes. Um, but as of 2019, all of our grapes are estate grown. We're in a unique space right now where we're, we're truly an Idaho brand. Um, Three Horse Ranch, everything comes from Idaho. Um, so our grapes are grown here. We produce the grapes all the way to the bottling process. Mm -hmm. So um, we don't purchase any grapes off, off of property. Yeah, that's cool. 2019, yeah. And I'm sure, I mean, of course, it kind of goes hand in hand when you're growing and adding to it, then you have more available to work with that's all your own. Right. Yes. So as we as we continue to grow the business and our brand, um, the the expansion of the ranch house with with the winery, it's uh, imperative that we keep up with the demand. Um, we've been able to grow our business incrementally over the past year since we opened the tasting room. Mm -hmm. So as we grow that portion of the business, we need to continue to plant grapes and continue to be in a state grown property. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, and so for who was the winemaker in the beginning or have they always had the winemaker um, that they currently use? Uh, no, Gary used to produce do, okay. do the winemaking himself. Um, they used to con contract with another winemaker uh, and company before they had the winery itself um, for storage purposes. Right. Um, but Corey's been with them for I think three years. Okay. Um, so he's been making wine for three years now. But that's, yeah, that's a great connection for them. I mean, Corey, and, and how do you pronounce his last name? Is it Sprout or Sprout? Sprout. <laughs> he, because uh, he, his resume is like pretty fantastic right. from his, his time in Napa and went going to UC Davis, which is, of course, a ton of winemakers come out of there. Yeah, he's got a good lineage and history of the winemaking. Uh, his reason for the Cunninghams uh, and he have been friends, longtime family friends for years. Mm -hmm. um, and he wanted to kind of get out of the bulk production and get in more into an intimate setting where he could create, you know, his wine, his brand. Right, right. It allows him to have, I'm sure, a lot more creativity in, in a space like at Three Horse Ranch rather than working for, like you said, like big production places. Right. And I think, uh, he was at a tipping point where he wanted to get out of California mm -hmm. um, and it was an opportunity for him to come up here and bring his family up here and create a brand, um, you know, a name for himself and also to enhance the Three Horse Ranch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to see what, what comes in the future, how the wines are going to, going to change and evolve as, as everything grows. Right. So you already kind of told us about the name, um, but the the artwork on the label is, um, I think there, there's some sort of story to that, isn't it? An Idaho artist. Tell us a little Her bit about that. Her name is uh, Polly Barrett. Um, yeah, she she designed and created the original artwork for the, the bottles. And so it sort of has evolved over time to what it currently is, the brand label is. 
Um, but yeah, she's inspired. So it's a local artist that inspired the original uh, three horse. Yeah, that's cool. Um, how did the Cunninghams find her? Do you know? The, the Cunninghams know a lot of people. So it was probably. Yeah, I'm uh, sure. I mean, that's at how. At a dinner party and met her and said, hey, we need, you're an artist. We need something. So yeah, yeah. I that's come up cool. with some crazy story, but I don't know it. Yeah, but I, I just always love that, especially when it's when you're keeping it all local. I mean, it's so Idaho that to have an Idaho artist creating the label as well is is really cool. Um, so now going uh, over to your tasting room, I mean, I've been in there and the restaurant is is fantastic. Like there's the menu is is so good. There's nothing on it that I mean, it's hard to choose what you want because everything just looks so good. Who are they using for their chef? Um, it, it's basically Martha, Leslie, and Kristen. They're, they're the three original. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, Martha. So good. They have, they have a very French-American style, so it was very simple. You know, the old tasting room was very quaint and intimate, and there wasn't really much you could do other than what they were doing in that kitchen. <laughs> there was not a lot of space, uh -huh. uh, not a lot of storage, and they didn't have any equipment other than this little toaster oven that they would wow. you know, do Martha's French onion soup in, and it would take four and a half minutes to make, you know? Yeah. So that's um, impressive. Yeah. So the, it, when I first came on board, I was like, Oh, what am I getting myself into? Yeah. Uh, but it, you know, with the expansion of the new tasting room, it's really been able to open up to what we can do uh, in terms food wise. And so I kept, you know, when, when designing the menu and adding items to the menu, we really kept that French American twist, mm -hmm. um, you know, butters and, you know, things that go with wine that pair right, right. anything we put on the menu, it, my first question to any of my cooks is, or my sous chef is, what are you going to pair it with? You know, it's right. got to go with the wine that complements the wine and also tastes great. Um, and it has to look eye appealing. So yeah, yeah. Well, it we've has... had a really good cult following this first year. Mm -hmm. um, we, we find that more people are coming not only for the atmosphere and the wine, but they're coming for the food because right. it's, consistently excellent and so is everything else so yeah. it's, it's without any marketing um, we've really built this niche for ourselves uh, as a destination yeah which is great and it and it definitely is a destination because you know it's um it's not like you you have to go out there for a reason you're not just going to drive by <laughs> yeah <laughs> unless you run into us and you're, you're lost yeah it's i mean it's it's off the beaten path for sure so I think that probably is also another incentive for people to go out there. You know, you have the wine, but then you can also get a great food. Right. Um, and so what are available for people to go out there? Are you guys open? Uh, we're, yeah, we're open Please. Wednesday through Sunday, okay. 12 to 6. Um, we, we might expand our hours as we get into the, the summer months and spring. Uh, but we're not quite sure yet. It all based on staffing and infrastructure. And if yeah. Hire well, the right nice people. thing too with the um, is you have all that nice outside area too. So when it, it the weather is great, it's you have so much space to put people outside. Yeah, the terrace uh, and the and the lawn is excellent. Um, we have a little deck off off shoot that we put five tables on, so now we can sit people out there. That's tented. Um, and in the winter months, we put a couple heaters out there and people can sit out there and still enjoy the views. Might be a little brisk, but we keep the heaters on. Um, yeah. It's <laughs> a nice little space for people to get away that are, you know, somewhat COVID conscious. It's, it's outdoors. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's uh, the yeah the terrace uh, that overlooks the vineyards and down the valley that you, on a beautiful day you can see the Wadi Mountains. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's such a great spot. Um, and then as far as the wine tasting, um, is it by flight or can people pick and choose? Kind of how how does it work when people come in for for a wine tasting? Um, we have a seasonal flight that we change up uh, periodically. Um, we have a white flight and a red flight. So two different price points. We have white flight at $10, red flight at $15. Um, and we change those out based on season um, availability or what we want to feature or maybe something new uh, that's come out that we're producing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, the uh, old tasting where you belly up to the bar and you just pay your, te- you know, your eight, eight right. to 10 bucks. You're in your Napa 35. Uh, yeah, right. And you have your three tastings and you go about your way. We don't really operate that way just because of our space. Um, and, you know, with the restaurant, the addition to the food, we want people to actually enjoy themselves and sit down and have an experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're getting their, um, with that option, they're getting that, those three wines at once. And you can, I kind of like that too, in that you can kind of taste back and forth you know, instead of when you just have the one glass and you just get pour after pour. Um, right. It's kind of nice to taste them against each other and kind of see the differences. Right. And if someone wants to try something else on the menu um, that, that we offer, we're more than happy to give them a taste of something if they, and then eventually if they buy a glass. And we also sell everything, everything we have by the glass or the bottle. Yeah, which also goes great with the restaurant too. If you have your taste and then you had something you really liked, you can then enjoy it with your meal. Right, exactly. Um, and so, and you guys have some, like in the restaurant, um, I saw that you have like winemaker lunches and some different sort of, um, I guess events. So we do winemakers luncheons once a month. Um, and we pair, uh, we do typically a three to four course meal, uh, and we pair it with uh, our wines and they're $55 a person. And that's a great experience. Corey comes up um and talks about each pairing talks about the wine gives everyone a brief history of the property um and it just kind of goes into a more intimate setting we try to cap it at about 30 to 35 people Mm -hmm. um so it's not overwhelming um and they're they're great for us to a showcase our food but also b showcase the wine um and really will pair well with it so and yeah, that's cool. we try to keep it seasonal. We do a more farm to table concept. I try to get everything locally sourced the best I can. Um, but we, we do it seasonal. We, our last winemakers luncheon, we did a homage to, um, uh, New Orleans. And so we did gumbo. Oh, and, fun. That's uh, cool. Sunburst salad. Um, so we, we can keep it fun every month, um, to what, what's best for the season. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. And then um, what other like um, events do you guys have coming up? So you, cause you guys have some cool events that you do. Yeah, we do. We're doing a, a vertical dinner actually next week. We're doing a vertical dinner. It's our first Cabernet Sauvignon vertical dinner. Oh, cool. So I love feature. that. I'm, I think that I love vertical tastings in general because I feel like it really showcases the vineyard, you know, when they all come from the same place and every year can be so different depending on, weather you know hugely yeah correct so that's really cool yeah so we're gonna feature 14 15 or no no, we don't have 15 14 16 17 18 
and then we oh, cool. just finished bottling our 19. So oh, cool. we might give a little sneak peek or preview yeah. sale, but uh, we're we're it's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's a four course meal, um, and uh, the third and fourth course will pair with the cabs. Um, so the dessert we're doing and the entree will be more of that. Mm -hmm. So there'll be a break in between the second and third course. They'll actually do the vertical tasting mm -hmm. um, and then it'll go right into the dinner course where they can finish up their tasting into their dinner. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. And the other thing um, I, that's cool too is, um, you know, it's hard sometimes when uh, uh, you buy wine and then to let it sit for that long, but you know, when you're tasting wine at, um, you know, a place like Three Horse Ranch, you know that the wine has been laid down for a certain amount of time. So you get to have a little bit of aging on it too and see how, yeah. how the wine has progressed over the years. Yeah, and stored properly and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, It's like you guys um, have done the work and then <laughs> people can come in and enjoy it. Yeah, and they're, and they're a premium. Um, you know, doing vertical tastings is, is like you said, if you were to mainstream, people are buying juice from other properties they, they try to make all their wine taste the same, right? Because mm -hmm. they have an expectation. You buy, you know, um, um, a buttery, you like a buttery Chardonnay and you stick with that. Well, they're going to produce that same buttery Chardonnay. Uh, I was trying to think of Kendall Jackson. You know, it's the same, right. yeah, it's the yeah. same wine every year in and year out, right? But in a unique space like ours, you know, depending on all the elements that go into the process, you could get a variation and tasting those slight variations um, make it unique um, and it's fun. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I love. Um, but other events that we're doing, um, we're, we're looking at setting up concerts uh, this spring and summer. Oh, cool. Um, That'd be great. For concerts. Um, we do them out on the lawn and grass area and have the musicians out on the deck um, and we'll sell tickets uh, for a general admission and we'll have to do some food, something fun for food. Um, for that, um, we will plan on doing quarterly. We'll do some type of dinner event. Um, so we've got, you know, then as crush season comes on, we'll do stuff for crush. You know, as mm -hmm. as things happen throughout the year, there's crush, and then we got barrel tastings, and you know, there's right. there's a lot going on uh, throughout the year that that we offer. Yeah. Um, so our first, our first ticket sales, we don't sell typically to the general public because we don't market that. Um, all of our ticket sales are for our wine club members. So okay. everything we do on property is for our wine club. We, we want to make sure that there, uh, there's a, that's an added value and a benefit to them mm -hmm. is, and they can partake. We have some winemaker or club members that they come, they come every time to the winemakers luncheon. They love it. Yeah. It's a great outing for them. Uh, and it's a great value. And uh, so that's, you know, our wine club is, is kind of who we cater to. Um, yeah, yeah, people yeah. come and have an experience, but we, you know, joining our wine club is a, a unique space to come out and really enjoy uh, the property and the wine and, and the food. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Um, and so for, the, for your members, what sort of, um, I guess, packages do you offer as far as how many times a year do they get wine and how, much, um, how many bottles is required for them to join? Correct. Um, we have three tiers. Um, the ranch club membership is an allotment of three bottles four times a year. Okay. So are they, um, it's like quarter, well, obviously like quarterly. It's slightly off that. It's based on our, how we bottle and when wine is produced. So uh, it's slightly off. It's, it's almost a quarter, but 
Mm -hmm. uh, there's a little bit of a gap because we do a, a, a release in September, October, and then the next release is not until March because, you know, through the winter, we're right. going through the winemaking process, but we might start bottling again in, in mid-February or so for the March release. Yeah. Um, so the ranch and then um, the, to, the, there is no cost for our memberships. It's just the cost of the wine. Mm -hmm. um, so to, uh, the buy-in for that is three bottles. Um, and then they get 10% off all their wine purchases. Um, the ranch, we have a loyalty program uh, at the ranch house. So every dollar they use, they get a point or they purchase, they get a point. And as they accumulate points, they can buy glasses of wine all the way up to a winemaker's luncheon. So oh, cool. there's, it's, it's, a, it's a scale of what they, you know, charcuterie boards, beignets, a flight, you know, we've got maybe 15 different options for them to use up their points throughout the year. Um, and then we have the Equinox, we have two tiers of Equinox. Equinox, um, it's, it's two cases a year. I'm sorry, we, okay. we just divided them up. So yeah. it's a two case buy-in. One is an allotment every four times a year, just like ranch. Mm -hmm. And there's another higher tier, which is just two allotments. So it's a case each time. Yeah. So it's, a two, it's, a, it's two cases a year. So it's the same amount of wine. It's just whether you want it twice a year or do you want it four times a year. Right. How much do you want at a time? <laughs> Correct. Yeah. How much do you want to drink at one time? Yeah. Right. Um, and the benefit to that is, is, you know, four times a year, you get new releases. Like if our new rosé comes out or our vivacious is released you might get that sooner than the two times a year. You might not get that allotment until, you know, a couple months later. Yeah. And are some other, um, do members get to do like some sparrow, special barrel tastings or go out in the vineyard and things like that as well? Um, we do a vineyard walk once a year. We sell oh, okay. tickets to that as well. So we do a vineyard walk and uh, Corey and Gary go out and take you through the vineyard and talk about the, the farming aspect of the business. And yeah. Uh, that it's a, it's a wonderful experience. And then we do a, uh, we do food after that. So we do a luncheon. Cool. Um, but with, with the ranch club and the, or any of the club memberships, you get free tasting flights. Um, so you get a free flight with your, with your allotment. So you come mm -hmm. out and pick up your wine, get a free flight and enjoy your experience while you're out there picking up your wine. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then, uh, so, and three horse ranch, you guys have, um, you do all of the like producing and bottling all in your, your space, right? Correct. So you, yep. you're literally just, you, you guys are doing everything, all of the pieces of a winery you're doing. On property. Yeah. yeah so yeah. To, be in a, to be in a state winery, um, your juice cannot leave property. Um, okay. So it has to be done from start to finish. So from the time it gets pulled off the vine to the time I pop it open and sell it to you, that's what an estate winery means. So you can't, if we were to buy juice from somewhere else, we can still be in a state winery, but you can't put that on that bottle that you're selling. Right. You have to put, you have to, you know, it could be a single vineyard. It could be, you know, a, a different labeling, but to have a state bottled uh, means it's a state grown yeah, so that ends up being a really unique, unique staple that you have. Correct. Cool. Um, so, Travis, what's um, your favorite three horse ranch wine? Or I'm sure, I'm uh, sure it changes like seasonally. It, it does stuff, change. Um, I was a Bo Jest fan. I, that uh, one's one of my I'm favorites. I'm still a fan. Yeah. But 
then I got the new rosé, the 19 rosé is oh. fantastic. Uh, I, I enjoy that. It's got a nice strawberry hint. Um, but right now I'm on the, the occasion kick, la occasion. It means the occasion. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's a super Tuscan blend. And I just, something about it is just soft undertones and just good amount of spice. Um, I just, I, I think it's great. So it's a one-off for us. It's something that we created that's unique. Um, it's Sangiovese based, so it's a cl classic style. Oh, okay. Chianti. Yeah. Um, it's got a blend of Syrah and Merlot in it. And it just, it just, it's an everyday drinkable wine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that sounds really good. Um, so where can people go to find more information? Um, I'm assuming your website is probably the best place to go. Um, and where, like, where can people follow you and uh, well, we find have, out what's going uh, on? Instagram, um, we post, we, we try to do the best we can uh, with our social media, but you can go to Instagram and follow us there. Uh, or, you know, you can see what events are coming up or what specials we have at the ranch house or what's going on. Um, but the best way is at threehorseranchvineyards.com. You just go to like a, the events page uh, or go to our calendar and see what's coming up. If we've got live music or, you know, dinners or luncheons or whatever's going on. Um, that's probably the best two places. Um, yeah. Or the third is come to the ranch house, sign up for the loyalty program and you get added, added to our marketing uh, platform yeah. and you receive all our emails. Um, I know people hate emails. I, I'm one of those. I don't like them. Right. But if, if I, I follow a couple, you know, other wineries and I'm on their web list, websites and getting their emails just to see what they're doing to keep up to date. But, you know, it's, it's a great way for you to, if you want to participate in those types of functions, you know, you don't necessarily have to join the wine club uh, to get on that marketing okay. email mm -hmm. list. But um, if you do, that's an added, added benefit yeah. or value for you. Yeah. It keeps you in the loop. That's what I like to do with a lot of, cause you know, you, I get a lot of emails. I sign up for <laughs> everywhere and then, so, but I'll just flag them sometimes if it's like something I'm interested in and then, you know, you can find them later. Right. But yeah. Um, so I like to end the show with a not wine related question. Um, just something fun. So if you could be best friends with a celebrity, who would you choose? <laughs> Uh, well, I probably have to say Justin Timberlake. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> he seems I, I don't pretty know. entertaining. He seems just like a fun, normal guy. Right, exactly. But he's super talented and it mm -hmm. would be someone that you could have dinner with, you could socialize, but then he'd probably put on a show for you later, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's so, a good answer. I feel like that would, I feel like that would be my number one pick. Yeah. Not not like it's a man crush or anything. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's, he's pretty awesome. Uh, well, awesome. Uh, thanks, Travis, so much for taking time to chat with me. I really um, appreciate it and love learning more about you guys. And I can't wait to get back out there. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to help this podcast grow. You can follow me on Instagram at the 2 podcast and on Facebook as the 2 Until next time, keep on drinking the good wine. Cheers.